0: Hey there, this is Lewis Johnson taking my love of sports into the world of esports. So I'm breaking down what's happening in the esports industry, talking with great guests, influencers, and tracking their personal and professional journeys to see how all of that has influenced where they are now. And in the end, I hope you're inspired. And so with that, welcome to All In with Esports. Okay, another edition of All In With Esports. Excited to be back for another week, another episode, another great conversation coming your way and glad you're with us. Make sure that you're checking out all of our content on esportsfuturide.com forward slash. You guys have been great about being on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash esportsmap and Facebook as well. You'll find us there across uh, so many different social media platforms right now. So glad you're there. I need to begin this episode first of all, by just saying a huge thank you, big time thank you to so many of you who've sent me well wishes across uh, the social media platforms. Yep. I was tested positive for COVID not long ago, it was last Saturday. And believe me, it was a massive shock when the nurse walked in with the um, results. I'm like, are you sure you have the right person? Is that the right name? DOB? Yeah, that's you, Mr. Johnson. I said, can we do this again? No problem. And 20 minutes later, it was the same result. So that was a real, real surprise. Bags packed, ready to go to the airport. And of course, that stopped. And and listen, it was because of uh, some pre-established protocols that caught the fact that I was positive because I was. and, And even as I do this recording, I'm still asymptomatic. I've had no symptoms and I'm super grateful for that. I've been working uh, this series uh, called the American Track League. It's a series of four indoor track and field meetings that were being hosted in Fayetteville, Arkansas. They were doing a great job up there. I'd done two already and was headed to my third. And these were actually the very first competitions of 2021. And it was huge because it was giving athletes and who, like all of us, have had so many things that were delayed, uh, like the Tokyo Olympics, of course, which will be happening, we hope, uh, later this summer in 2021, almost a All the other events that any athlete could ever imagine in this sport of track and field was canceled. Uh, Training plans and dreams were put on hold because of the pandemic. And look, that's what we're all living, right? We're all experiencing the same thing together and, of course, in different ways. But there's a guy uh, by the name of Paul Doyle. I want you to know his name. And he is the man who created this series several years ago. And he's a great guy who loves the sport. And, And to his credit, he put his own money on the table to bring the first event to life this year. Then USA track and field stepped in afterwards to give the series a huge boost. And so a big thumbs up to them, Max Siegel and Adam Schmake uh, for providing some assistance there to make sure these meets continued and that Paul wasn't paying for everything. He was willing to do that, which was so great. And, and Doyle is a longtime agent in the track and field world. You guys have probably seen some of his athletes, but you didn't know it you may remember the great american decathlete uh, ashton eaton olympic gold medalist world record holder that was one of his athletes as well as a uh, jamaican sprinter asafa powell i think no man has ever gone under 10 seconds uh, in the hundred uh, than he has over 100 times i believe so doyle managed them and many many more and still has a great group and so he is the one who really gave us this brand new and exciting format of track and field indoor and out djs cheerleaders The fans coming down on the track to cheer the runners, followed by a post-event concert. And you know what's strange is that somehow I'm feeling like there could be a connection to these American Track League events and the type of excitement and energy they had in my guest in the topic today. You'll maybe catch a connection a little bit later on. So the Atlanta Track Club, just an awesome way. I'm sorry, the American Track League, just an awesome way for everyone to enjoy the sport. And I've loved working the events for him. And so there was... None of that this indoor meet because of COVID. We lost everything. And and, and I just want to say again, it was the protocol that caught me with this positive test. And that meant that I didn't get on the plane and spread it to other people. And of course, I didn't spread it to the athletes who I love to cover. And I'm so thankful for that and thankful also to my family as well. So my quarantine is almost up and I can't wait to get the vaccine and get back to work. But I just want to thank all of you for for all the messages you sent. It really means a lot to me. Most of you, I, I never see may not even know, but it's good. And I'm grateful to be uh, doing well. And uh, just remembering the fact that so many people have lost their lives or have been devastated by this disease. So again, I'm just appreciative and I'll thank all of you and please stay safe out there. All right. So I am really excited about this episode that I will believe will give you several, I mean, several different reactions. I think you'll have a couple of these aha reactions or so that's who does that. Mm-hmm. And um, really, I can't wait to see that in our gaming world. I think those are three reactions for sure you're going to have uh, throughout this episode. And I know that I surely had those in my call as I prepped for this, talking to one of my Mappy Esports podcast teammates, uh, who I'm going to introduce here in a second. And he told me about some technology and other innovations that I've seen, but I did not know what I was looking at or who was providing it and executing that technology. And today we're talking about this incredible company PRG, which stands for Production Resources Group. Have you ever heard of them? Amazingly, in 25 years of TV, I had not. The company description reads as follows. Here's just a part of it. PRG is the world's leading provider of entertainment and event technology solutions and the largest inventory of rental production equipment. In other words, they rent production equipment to people around the world for events. PRG provides comprehensive and discrete services to an array of clients in the live music, TV, film, Broadway, sports, gaming, corporate experiential, and live event markets. They're all over the place. Clients and partners depend on PRG's innovation, their experience, and depth of experience in audio, video, lighting, rigging, staging, and here's where our discussion about PRG comes to esports. They are making bigger moves. I mean, bigger moves into virtual production and extended reality, scenery and automation systems that bring their stories to life, bringing e-gaming and sports to life. So let me ask you this. Were you watching the Super Bowl? Did you see the artist The weekend perform? Remember him? The lighting that you saw throughout the show across multiple stages and platforms, even down to the field where he finished? and the cameras that you did not see bringing you those images, all of that, all of that at the Super Bowl, that halftime show, that was PRG. There's your first aha. So it's an absolute pleasure to welcome someone who's been in the esports world for many years. He's connected to PRG and and is in the middle of some of the great technology that is going to make your esports experience much, much more exciting through the pandemic and beyond. And I'm talking events inside events like an Anderson pack concert inside a video game or a big gaming tournament. We're talking virtual inside virtual. You get what I'm saying? So, and there's a new partnership with that company ESPAT that is going to up the excitement and gaming and presentation and experience for you. And our connection here at MAP Esports Network is that we have a podcast on the same platform. So it's a serious honor to welcome the founder and CEO of DLC, the Davidson Learning company, director of esports business development for PRG, and the chairman of the Esports Trade Association. That's a global association. And I'm talking about John Davidson. John, welcome, man. How are you?
1: Man, thank you for having me. That's quite an introduction. (laughs) And and
0: well deserved. Well deserved. You know, I think I I think it's important for people to understand who you are and what you've been involved with. You know, we spoke and you told me so many things about so many of the events, and I had no idea that it was PRG, right? And right. I'm wondering about, I'm thinking about through my career and all these different events I've been involved with from, you know, uh, Super Bowls to NBA Finals. I remember being at the 2001 NBA Finals with the Lakers in Philly, Kobe and Allen Iverson, that big thing, Summer and Winter Olympics, March Madness. I mean, all these things. So PRG is just like everywhere with production. Is that correct?
1: You're absolutely right. Yeah. PRG works in every market. We have 72 offices worldwide. You mentioned the the equipment inventory. We have about $2.2 billion worth of equipment oh. globally. And so you can imagine with COVID, you know, this is the, the, the company that produces more events on a daily and yearly basis than any other company yeah. and all the events stopped. So wow. that was hard hit, but due to the tremendous leadership, a great strategy there and bringing everybody back together you know, having to make some, some difficult decisions in the long-term doing what's best for everybody. And during this time, not only have they survived, which may be surprising to some, but they've also innovated and really positioned ourselves as a trendsetter with remote, virtual, and most importantly, safe events. So yeah, it's, that's it's, so it's important. It's pleasure to work with these
0: people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's so important. The safe side is so important now because that is the extra tricky part of all these things We're trying to bring events back in a safe way with the COVID pandemic still being managed. Now, uh, before we talk about this new collaboration with ESPAT, give, us, give people a sense of your relationship with PRG and really maybe some finer points on the global front footprint and how they help execute things that people may see every day.
1: Yeah, so so my my experience with PRG, I've I was at GameStop for a while. A lot of people know I was head of partnerships over there and helped to be the build the esports strategy and I made some some great friends at PRG. So it was basically a seamless move from GameStop over to PRG and they needed somebody to lead their esports initiative globally but somebody who had connections in the space. And so so fortunate to have a lot of friends connections, but a lot of partnerships in the space. So from a production standpoint, I can go to these people who are my friends and say, hey guys, what 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 can we do together? And more importantly, what can we do together to benefit the community and to innovate this this tremendous industry? When you look at PRG, it's been around for 30 years. The, the founder is still the leader of the company, still the president. His name is Jerry Harris. And he started a lighting company when he was a teenager. His father had great uh, connections to Broadway. they in New York. And so he started doing some lighting on Broadway. And uh, innovation has been in the DNA of the com- company since the very beginning. So the first piece of stage equipment that ever moved by itself on a stage was on Broadway, Phantom of the Opera, and that was PRG many years ago. The first animatronic light that did more than just turn on and off, but move, change colors, etc., that was PRG as well on tour with The Who. And you know we work with uh, a lot of people in every vertical, like I said. But we, we also work with some artists that are extremely innovative. Beyonce, U two, you know these are performances where they're always trying to push the envelope. And a lot of times they'll come to PRG and they'll say, "Hey, we want to do something that the technology does not exist for yet." And there are these amazing engineers, people a lot smarter than myself, who I've had the opportunity to meet, and they develop solutions to bring dreams and creative thought to life. And so to do that in music, in sports, and all these other verticals, and to be able to bring this to the eSports space, I'm super excited about it.
0: Yeah, man, you just jogged a big time memory for me. You talked about uh, U2 and, and wanting to have, you know, shows that were on the cutting edge. I remember when I was still competing in track and field, I was actually in San Francisco visiting my uncle's church. I'm not sure people from the San Francisco Bay area have ever heard of glide Memorial and Cecil Williams, who was big time in the community and was all kinds, you know, just, he was a cutting edge guy, right. In, in the, in the Methodist church, I'm surprised he yep. was able to survive as long as he did because they thought he was too cutting edge. But one Sunday I'm sitting there with, as a young, as a, I was, I, I was actually on the circuit and he finished speaking. And then he says, Edge, Bono, you guys come on down here. And I was like, what? I I turned to the right and I looked and there they were coming down the middle aisle. Yeah, walking up to the front, grabbed the mic and and spoke a bit about being in town. And they said, whenever they come for, uh, you know, for a show in the area, they always come by and visit Cecil's church and they had donated money to help with the food program where they're feeding three meals a day to people off the street. You know, obviously, always they're standing in the gap for homeless people. But this was at Glide Memorial. And, I, and afterwards, we went down to his office, John, and they were there. We were mingling and said hello. And, you know, I think it was the edge asked me, what did I do? And I told him I was a professional runner. And I said, are you guys playing in Europe this time? He goes, yeah, yeah, because we're going to be playing a couple plays. He just call this number. And, and, and so I did. And later that summer, I ran a meet in, and in, 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 uh, I believe I was in uh, Copenhagen and I stayed a day later to watch you 2 It was the zoo TV tour and it was, it did rain the night before. And it was this muddy soccer field, small little stadium, but that show was unbelievable because you talk about just the music and then the impression yep. of all the lights and everything that was happening. I mean, again, I had no idea that that was PRG involved, but they put on an unbelievable show. And so they clearly have made their mark in so many areas. That was a great, great experience. When you think back now to uh, this new, we're going to discuss this new uh, ESPAC collaboration. I believe it was back in December of 2020 when this announcement was made that PRG would be lending its uh, global entertainment and event production capabilities to this new formed ESPAC TV. Tell us what that's all about, how this collaboration came about and how that's going to affect the gaming world.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you a little bit about eSPEC TV and then how it came about. And so eSPEC TV is really, uh, the goal is to become essentially the NFL films of eSports. And so if you know anything about the NFL, what really helped the league gain popularity is when they took the helmets off these players and then created content to enable people to understand the personalities uh, of the people who are on the field. And there's something, I, I've heard some sort of a quote, it's something like, when you know someone's journey, it's impossible to hate on them or, or something like that. Because yeah. whether you agree with somebody or not, you understand what they've gone through. And you say, oh, okay. And you appreciate it. And then there's relatability, right? Well, that's something that eSpat TV is going to be bringing to the eSports world. And they're going to do it in a fashion of premium content. And so a little background on that is when you look at the eSports industry, uh, our industry has been trailblazers in how content is consumed, meaning streaming online, we now see that everything's being streamed online. Well, when you're innovating that way, sometimes like the quality of the content or the equipment can can lag behind where you're going in there. So the natural next step is for uh, these capabilities to produce premium content. And so I'm really excited. I'm a big believer in what ESPAT TV is doing. Uh, their CEO, Dante Simpson, is a good friend of mine. And I was actually uh, furloughed in kind of the middle of COVID before I was with PRG, had to step away furlough like many people did. And they've been very gracious to bring me back to work with them again. But, you know, Dante, I talked to him all the time and he called me up one day. He said, John, we're pulling together this creative collective. We're pulling together creatives, Ridley Scott Creative Group, you know, which has produced maybe some of your favorite movies, Alien, Gladiator, a lot of iconic movies. Uh, a number of other, other people who are really on the, the creative side producing the content. They said, he said, you know, esports is global. We need to partner with a global footprint that can provide technical solutions to bring anything to life. I said, man, I think that's PRG, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so even though I was not working for him at the time, I called up my former boss and, you know, these people who are still my friends. And they said, Hey guys, I think I might have something here. This looks like a perfect fit. I was able to negotiate that collective and, basically position PRG within this collective to say, okay, these are people who do what they do they do it the best in the world. let's enable them to do just that to enable the eSports industry to experience great content to to experience these these personalities of eSports pros and content creators. Yeah. I'm just excited to be part of it. yeah
0: you said something that's so powerful there and it's the idea of the story of, of the people we're watching and, and and oftentimes, you know in my world, and, and sports TV, there are some that are just savants when it comes to like information. They can remember stats. They can remember history, what have you. That's never been my thing. What I always love yeah. is, is getting to know the people, right? It's the story of yeah. the people. And I learned at my first Olympics that our our mandate was to be storytellers. And I have mm-hmm. used that format throughout my entire career. And even in this show, like getting to know you and getting to be able to share a bit of your story. You just talked about it. It's so important because we are all living this human experience, whatever our specific talents and gifts are, Right. Yeah. Well, we're still human beings trying to navigate it all, and we make missteps, and we say the wrong things sometimes, or what have you. But I think you're less criti- you're less apt to criticize somebody if you know a bit about their life and their story. So, uh, my challenge in media training with athletes is that it's your job to open your mouth and ter- tell the stories. That I try to help them learn how to articulate those things, and then I think yeah. on the other side there should be some sort of um, an infrastructures in place, and that's what you're talking about here to actually take those stories and then sh- and format them. And then give them back to the public. So now you build some meat on this character of somebody who's a great player in a particular game. I think that is so powerful. And do you think that's going to be an important part of the next move of esports growing globally?
1: Absolutely. I think for a number of reasons. Number one, you know, the the core, the core, you know, the kids who are gamers, they know all this stuff already. Like they don't need to be taught, and they don't need to even necessarily crave premium content. In fact, our our community is pretty satisfied with the the current level of content but i'm excited to introduce this next level because i think sometimes people don't know what they're missing because they haven't experienced it yet mm-hmm. now teams have it the hardest in the esports ecosystem the publishers are making a lot of money a lot of players have great contracts making good money but the the monetization for teams is pretty challenging and so if we can help these teams build fan bases and also provide sponsorable assets through this content where it's going to be sponsors coming in, integrating in an organic way. It's going to provide more funds to the teams to support the initiatives that they want to do. So I think it's going to be really helpful from a monetization standpoint. I think it's also going to really help open the eyes of outsiders of the space. And, you know, one, one thing about eSports that has, brought brands and agencies into the space. It's seen the familiar, sponsorable assets that traditional sports have. You know, everybody knows that kids are playing video games more than doing anything else. And so these brands and these agencies are trying to reach youth. Hey, Johnny, (laughs) my son's right (laughs) outside of my office.
0: Hey, that's all right. Johnny's welcome to come join the conversation. No problem. Johnny, you
1: can come in here if you want to. Absolutely. um, So... Okay. Here we go. We're, we're going to have a, let me pull my headphones out so he can hear. Real-
0: you got it. You got it. Hey buddy. I, I love it.
1: Look, hey Johnny, how you doing? Wanna say hello real quick? Hi. How,
0: how you How's it going? Can you hang out with dad during, as we uh, discuss
1: uh, esports? Yeah. Awesome. So Johnny You're, Johnny 2.0 I call him. He's the he's the better version of me. So that's Awesome. Sort of
0: awesome. I wish you day. guys oh. could see him. Just a wonderful-looking young man with that blonde hair and sitting on Dad's lap with a big smile. That's awesome. Well, you can stay right there my man and enjoy this conversation, all right?
1: All right. So, okay. as I was saying, with uh, you know, brands and agencies, they've they've reached out to uh, to the, the the esports community because they know everybody's playing video games, but it's really difficult to integrate into gaming non-competitive gaming, other than a game release event. But esports has teams, leagues, jerseys, venues, content that these sponsors can integrate into to reach the audience. Now it's another story as for how to do it in a way that the audience responds positively, which is what a lot of people are trying to figure out. That's what I help with my company, DLC. But I think this content will give more opportunities for brands to continue to in, interact with the community in a way that they respond well to because if if the community isn't responding well to a brand that's not doing anybody any good it's not going to be helpful with the brands it's just going to be annoying to the community and so for espat and prg to be able to add this value that's what i'm all about in every aspect of my life is adding value and so if we can add this value to the community i think everybody wins
0: and and so what what has the challenge been? I mean, all of us I've kind of touched on it a little bit in, from the world of track and field of delays, cancellations, you know, things not going as they should go in, in business and, and in our, our personal lives with COVID. How have PRG and, and this company Eastbat navigated this difficult time? You, know, you talk about sponsors and what do they do? What are, what are sponsorship dollars doing and not doing? Because it's not just affecting the teams that don't have it, but also the individual players across the board. So how's the navigation been? And then how far ahead are you looking? to the some, someday the exit of this COVID mess we're in to back to somewhat normal business and how does that projection look?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So, it, you know, eSports has really benefited from an awareness mm-hmm. standpoint due to COVID and gaming has benefited in every way. <laughs> so for people who don't quite understand, eSports is essentially just the professional competitive level of gaming. Gaming is much broader eSports is the shinier object i guess you could say. So with eSports, publishers have have, have really benefited from a marketing standpoint. People who watch NASCAR will remember that iNASCAR kind of replaced NASCAR there for a moment yeah. in uh, gaming simulators. It looked just like just like NASCAR on TV and the the, the pro drivers are actually doing simulators. You know, as far as the team monetization aspect to go back to that, really kind of hurt teams because they didn't have the physical events that sponsors wanted to pay to activate that. Now, when you look at somebody like PRG, I mentioned earlier, yeah, we got hit hard. Like yeah. you know, we're doing global music touring is uh, one of PRG's largest revenue streams, and when that stops completely on top of everything else, it's tough. But like I said, this is a company that has you know innovation in its DNA. And so these engineers and our leadership went back to the drawing board and they said, you know, some things that they were already working on because they're already on that edge. But they said, how can we provide safe, remote and engaging events to help our clients and to also help the community connect with the entertainment that they love so much? And so one of those things is our digital studios, PRG Digital Studios, Now, one of the main components of that is the XR stage. We have a number of XR stages across the United States, but our main one is in Los Angeles. And the capabilities there are just incredible. Create augmented reality, extended reality, which is essentially creating an environment that could be literally anything you could imagine. So what we've done with artists, uh, a very famous case study, you could say, or one of the the, the most well-known was Katy Perry on American Idol. She performed her single, Daisies. Yep. And people were amazed as it appeared that the American Idol stage went from the typical stage that you know and transformed into this world that surrounded her and you know graphics in front and behind her. And it was all PRG. And that has the ability to do that both recorded or also live. We've done a number of concerts on there. We've we've worked with Fortnite to produce in-game concerts. So people enjoying the video game, which has become more of a social platform than even a video game these days, artists are able to engage their audience and the audience is able to enjoy the artist uh, in that same place. So I'm really excited for us to continue pursuing that, providing new and engaging solutions for esports tournaments. And also video game releases, you know, enabling these developers to showcase their games in ways that they've never had the opportunity to do before and to do it in a safe way. You know, we have crews there that are, you know, making sure that they're not not COVID positive and also making sure that we're keeping everybody safe. So it's really an incredible full 360 capability that they've done that's completely turnkey. To be able to provide this to our gaming and esports community is is really exciting. As we look forward, you know, everybody is always talking about the new normal, right? Or what's going to happen after COVID. And what I really believe is it's going to be a mashup of things. I do believe that physical events will come back more similarly than some people believe more similarly to pre COVID. The reason I think that is, you know, (laughs) a lot of people are, are respecting the COVID regulations and, to believe people are going to social distance afterwards, you know, people, one thing COVID showed us is how much we crave human interaction. Right. Right. But what has evolved is innovation and technology. And so brands are becoming more comfortable with digital marketing. It's always been used viewed kind of as an add-on before because brands like to do it safe. You don't want to try something new and it doesn't work. And then you end up losing your job. (laughs) You spend a bunch of money doing this creative thing. But brands have been forced into digital marketing and that's creating comfort. It's also creating case studies. Even if your brand's not doing it, odds are your competitor is doing something that there's a case study to study now. And so what I think is moving forward to the future, you know, people are gonna come back together in person, but they're also gonna to wanna to find those moments to be able to stay home. But there's gonna be a demand for entertainment that's on another level than what we saw pre-COVID. And that's where I think these digital studios from PRG are really going to continue to thrive, even when we can have in-person experiences again.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I was looking at the uh, deck with all the great information and pictures and examples and videos of that, of that XR stage. That is just unbelievable. I, I always say that I think I'm surely on the right side of the microphone because I believe I'm most comfortable and have the most knowledge of this side, but I'm very curious and I'm learning so much more about the other side and what looking at this technology and what you can do with it is just amazing. Across the gaming uh, world and we've seen in sports, uh, how you can use that technology as well. You are so right about how we've been forced to uh, find new ways. I have seen events like for instance, the Tour de France, where you know you're going to ship you know so many people over to 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 the country, and they got to cover this event, and move from day to day, and all. There were people actually producing and directing that event from their homes with setups so they could have all their computers and what have you, and then you'd have some sort of a some sort of a stage presence over there to be able to talk to athletes or not. But they were finding a way to make it work. I'm wondering about some of the endemic brands in around gaming and esports. Have they found a way to still make things work? And have you found some of the non-endemic brands who have kind of gone away and may come back? What's the story there with branding?
1: Yeah, with branding, you know, endemic brands, peripheral brands, when I was at GameStop, we're trying to figure out, you know, how do we make money doing this? Because one of the challenges with video games and retail is most esports titles, the video games, are free or old games. And so the opportunity to sell a new game, that's not really... The retail monetization opportunity in esports. But what we found is the peripheral brands, your headset, your mouse controller, or your keyboard. It doesn't matter what game you're playing. doesn't matter where in the game you are. Those things can always be sold. And so during COVID, these, well, when Fortnite first released, we saw a massive uh, surge in headset sales. And then during COVID, everybody's stuck at home. People are either playing more games or Uh, They're being introduced to video games uh, on a deeper level than they were before. Kind of everybody's a gamer nowadays, and that's even increased. So uh, those brands have done a pretty good job of continuing to to stay on track. Uh, They're used to reaching the community through endemic channels like Twitch and YouTube and Twitter and Instagram. So because those are all digital channels, that didn't change a whole lot. What we have seen is Non endemics going more towards esports, targeting uh, using esports and gaming to target young people Mm -hmm. because that's what how they can relate. You know, influencer marketing has been something that's been big for the last number of years, and a lot of the top influencers are gaming influencers. And so, if you can associate your brand in that way, that's going to be helpful in being relatable to the audience. Now, I'm actually working on a newsletter got you, got you, got you. I'm actually using a <laughs> Johnny's making an exit he's
0: <laughs> no worries like, welcome back anytime
1: so you know I've actually written a newsletter today for the eSports trade Association. I do so every month and it's about gaming influencing mainstream culture. If you watch the Super Bowl and you knew anything about gaming influencers, you caught a few of them in some of those commercials okay rockstar energy did a did a commercial and they showcased uh, a, a player who's also a team owner. His name is Shot, And it was kind of surprising because he's been with Red Bull for all these years and he was in a rockstar commercial. So I was oh, like, okay. okay. A That's different
0: drink. Huh? Okay.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. So you got a non-endemic energy drink there. Logitech, which is an endemic peripherals company. They actually had their own Super Bowl commercial. Um. And that was, that was really cool to, to see them, get in there, but they had Lil Nas X who is a, you know, he's a musical artist right. and they had a bunch of gamers in there as well. So to see that, you know, that mashup, that combination of influencers and to show that gamers really are, you know, influencers of the culture is really exciting. So I think, I think these non endemics are going to continue to lean in even more. And I think what's happening is they're learning how to interact with this community, which is very skeptical of outside brands.
0: Yeah. Having a great conversation here with John Davidson. as we continue to talk about uh, PRG and, of course, this new partnership that uh, PRG is now a part of this collective with East Fat tv You told me another story that I thought was incredible. We all know Getty Images. We all search, uh, Google search you know for photos or what have you, and you know what you can and you can't use. There's the watermark, right? But can you share the story about, about what Getty Images has not been covering and now what ESPAT-TV is now going to step into? Un- just unbelievable.
1: Absolutely. So there's kind of two companies here or ESPAT, which stands for Esports Pixels and Technology is the umbrella company. And then ESPAT TV is that content arm that's bringing the premium content uh, like we talked about. So I got hold of these folks. I have some friends who are on the board and they reached out to me just as like, Hey, here's a guy who's got some connections and understands the gaming community. And they told me the history of this company. Well, one of the founders, he was looking online, he was doing a presentation. He's looking online for eSports images and just couldn't find any, maybe a handful, but they're all the same that you see used over and over and over. And the funny thing is anybody in our industry who's seen a number of presentations or decks in the eSports community, it's all the same images. There's that (laughs) one arena shot and there's, there's this photo of, a female who's gaming and and there's this like this purple kind of light and anybody who's seen an esports presentation knows exactly the photos I'm talking about. And (laughs) it's like, man, how are we going to show this presentation? It's the same as the, (laughs) the guy I'm presenting to.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. I've seen those, I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So they saw this need and then they had a, another colleague who's come out as one of the co-founders. He was either at Getty or he had formerly been at Getty And so he knew this whole world, this image licensing world. And he said, man, you know, Getty covers everything. And so to add to that when they're already crushing it, of course, some people might say, boy, big oversight. What are you doing? And maybe, but, you know, sometimes brands uh, and companies, they're crushing it so much and what they focus on. It doesn't make sense for them to pivot. Well, these guys saw the opportunity and they said, you know what, let's not only create an archive of esports images but also make sure that the practices of our company are really in such a way that it really supports the photography com- community in paying them fairly paying them on time and you know a lot of photographers say that you know this is one of their better clients as far as taking care of them as a freelance photographer so i just love the story all the way around as far as caring for a community providing a need for us in business and then being innovative and taking the next step with the eSPAT TV portion.
0: Yeah, that that's just incredible. That that story to me blew me away. I mean, it is so amazing, uh, just for me personally, what I'm learning in the midst of not being not working as much as we had before. This this whole exposure and introduction to esports has just been gaming. It's been so awesome. And that story right there just blew my mind that. Getty Images was not taking this wing of it. Now somebody has stepped in and taken it. That's the American dream right there. And I love that. Love it for sure. I
1: I think that's a lesson too uh, for entrepreneurs or people. Uh, Sometimes I've thought like, how are you going to come up with anything new? Isn't everything done already? Right. No, no. Just, you know, you pay attention, especially with what you're familiar with and where your passion is. And, you know, sooner or later, there's going to be something if you're really looking for it, where you can find a need. You can do it better, you can do it differently. And if you can effectively find a market to that and then just, you know, please those people who can be your customer, there's an opportunity for everybody.
0: Yeah, I love that. And, you know, with with my experience in covering the Olympics, I'm so passionate about that, those global stages and being able to connect with, with people and cultures around the world my eyes oh my eyes and my ears are open to what opportunities there may be as you know we move to these games because i still i'm still believing that there is going to be a stronger connection between esports and gaming and the olympic games i am not saying that there're going to be esports in the olympics i didn't say that okay so no no tweets on that okay i'm saying i think the partnership and the relationship is going to be closer i could even see gaming centers or gaming locations or gaming sections within stadiums that's that's what i believe where you could be playing alongside. Comp- should I, should I stop talking about this? Maybe we should no. be talking offline about this. You know?
1: <laughs> anyway. you know, Some of these things are, they're coming. Some of those things are in the works. I guarantee you at Olympic Village, there's yeah. a ton of opportunities to play video games because guess yeah. what? All of those traditional athletes, those athletes who are the best in the world, they're gamers too. And that's yeah, they are. just yeah. the movement going mainstream.
0: Yeah, I've had a couple on this show and they talk about, uh, I was talking to Grant Holloway, who was who was an Olympic level uh, hurdler. And uh, he says whenever he packs his bags, I think he just, was just in Europe last week, he always puts his, I think he said his PS4 or whatever it is in his bag and it goes on the plane with him. Track athletes will always take their uniforms, racing uniforms and their spikes in the bag on the plane. You can lose everything else, but I've got what I need to compete. He actually puts his gaming equipment in that same bag as well. He says, you can't lose this either. So. There are a lot of them who are very serious about gaming. Yeah, that's
1: for sure. It's cool to see. You know, it used to be that the kids who were left out were left on the sidelines at recess for the gamers. Yep. And now, you know, the pro players on the NFL field are gamers as well. Yep. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster, he's probably does the best uh, of balancing or creating awareness around his gaming side and his NFL side. He's got to deal with HyperX headsets. You know, and so it's not only is it just a way to find a way to, you know, monetize your passion or something like that, but he's able to connect with his fan base in such a way by, you know, he's streaming Fortnite at night. And I guarantee you that he and the Pittsburgh Steelers are selling a lot more jersey. Yep. They're selling some extra tickets because young gamers are seeing Juju as a gamer who also plays football, right. rather than a football player who also games.
0: Yeah, that is so cool. I got a couple more questions here. We've talked about so much uh, in the way of cool technology with PRG and now this uh, this uh, partnership or this collective with Eastbat and then Eastbat TV, which you, which you differentiated the two. And for those of us here who were invested in this MAP esports journey, how can all this technology and all these new things coming along affect uh, some of the things we'll be doing across the Power Players League and other areas is touching the communities here in our area or across the country, how can how can this technology really up the excitement of MAP Esports Network?
1: Yeah, you know what I think it's gonna do as far as a you know tournament standpoint is it's I really think the answer to growing the esports audience is creating a visual spectacle. That, is, that differentiates from traditional sports and differentiates from music concerts. If you look at where esports uh, productions are now, it's they're incredible, don't get me wrong. I'm not throwing shade at anybody here. It's coming mm-hmm. so far from the LAN tournaments. And when you go to these tournaments, it's incredible. But what happens is we're, we're seeing these events are gonna become much more common. And when something is not as common, or when something is more common, It's less enticing, right? I'll give you an example. Uh, Call of Duty World League was a professional tour all around the world for a number of years. Then they started Call of Duty League, which kind of replaced it. But Call of Duty World League would tour all over the place and be in different cities. And I saw one in Dallas one year and everybody went because it's the first time in three years that it's been there and you never know what's going to be back again, right? Well, there were teams last year who were planning as many as seven events happening in their home market, and you know everybody's going to the first one because right. you know you know the local media and everybody's going to say esports that thing you've heard of but you're not sure quite what it is. It's here, <laughs> come see it. But what's is every, and everybody's going to the first one? How many people are going to the sixth one to the seventh one? Well, not not as many as the first, that's for sure, and. Not only does it become more common, so it becomes l- quite a little less enticing, but you're now entering a different stage of competition. If you ever s- understand how traditional sport ticket sales work, they don't see themselves as sports as much as they see themselves as entertainment. It's an option of entertainment for a family, individual, or a couple. And so you're competing against staying home, you're competing against the movies, going to restaurants, going to other sports events. It's more than just competing against video games. And so my belief is that through partnership, you know, we we're interested in not just working directly with leagues, but we want to partner with these production companies who are the best in the world at putting on these events and saying, hey, I respect you and I'm so inspired by what you've done for 15, 20 years in this space. Let us bring alongside our complimentary event technologies that are patented that nobody else on earth has. And let's take this thing to the another level to draw more people from the inside, more people from the outside, and sponsors and viewership as a result so that more funds come to the space to enable us to do more of what we love.
0: Yeah, that 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 is so awesome. And I can see anyone who's getting involved with what we're providing here at MAP Esports Network and, of course, all platforms of esports and gaming. It's going to be just so much more exciting. A new, exciting technology driven maybe a bit more, a bit faster by this pandemic, and hopefully we all come out for the better. I, I think I would be remiss if I didn't ask you one last thing, John, and you know, you've had an incredible career, but you've mentioned the ups and downs and the furloughs and what have you. There are so many entrepreneurs who need a good word, who need to hear from somebody who's navigated a long period of, of whatever it may be. What do you say to people out there who are entrepreneurs like you, who may be going through this pandemic challenge and life lessons about business and the importance of
1: relationships? Absolutely. I'll start with the important of relationships. You know, what I realized is the way to bring people to you, the way to grow a network, the way to get people to continue to follow you is for you to add more value to them and to do it first. Mm. The way I've been able to grow a great network, I've been very blessed to have some big name companies alongside my name. But I also always know new Especially when I was at GameStop, when I was at PRG, I said, you know what? If these companies are alongside my name, is anybody gonna call? Is anybody gonna pick up the phone? Yeah. Right? That's a big question. Sometimes people misunderstand they they think the big name is their name. <laughs> that that's yeah. the reason people are calling. And what I realize is if I can reach out, if I can find ways to help people, then I'm gonna av- a valuable person to be in their network. And not to do it in such a way as like, hey, man, you owe me a favor or, you know, when are you going to pay this back? But just to really be a blessing to the people in my network. Yep. And if if we can all look out for each other better, we're all going to be taken care of. Right. Yep. Now, I believe that the other thing that I would say for entrepreneurs, for people who are out of work, <laughs> even people who are, aren't yet entrepreneurs, this is something I'd like to share a message on. You may be an entrepreneur and you may not even know it yet. One thing that COVID showed me when I was furloughed, I was hanging out for a little bit and then I started thinking, okay, what's my next move, right? Well, I'm very fortunate that my skills and my experience kind of lend themselves to an entrepreneurial journey, consulting, public speaking, podcasting, being able to do business development on a freelance basis or a consulting basis. But different people have different skill sets. And a lot of those are more back of house. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that my skills are better than anybody. They're just different. They happen to be more forefront. But here's the thing that I've recognized as I've gone out on my own. I don't do everything well. (laughs) (laughs) Like everybody, I've got some strengths and I've got some weaknesses. And my weaknesses are more the back of the house stuff, right? Accounting. I could be more organized or I could be I could use some help with some bandwidth so that I can make more time for doing things like this rather than going through all the follow-ups and making sure I've got organization and you know my accounting and things of that nature. So this is what I would I would encourage people who don't know if they're entrepreneurs but have that kind of back of the house skill set. People like myself, we need people like you. Yeah. And if you're out of work and you're sitting at your home and you're saying, What do I do if a a big corporation can't hire me? Let me tell you what. Go on LinkedIn and look up 10, 15, 20 people who appear to be public figures from the standpoint of public speaking or the face of a brand. Could be a personal brand, could be a coach, something like that. Go to them and say, Is there anything I can do for you? That can free up your time to be more valuable so you can spend time doing what you love and what drives the most revenue. I do XYZ. I'd love to have a conversation. Do that. Do it a lot because, I mean, you got to get a lot of lines in the water. You know, advertising is typically 2% success rate. So, Put out a lot of messages like that, I think you'll be surprised, pleasantly surprised, to see what people's responses are. You know, we talked about these creative collectives, right? With ESPAT TV and PRG and Ridley Scott Creative Groups and others. I think what COVID's doing is it's creating opportunities for a lot of creative collectives in a number of ways. I work with some companies that do sponsorship sales because I don't like to do sponsorship sales, but I love to build strategy for brands. And so that's a complementary thing where we're not under the same roof, but we have a mutually beneficial relationship. I think, as people are getting furloughed and they're trying to or having to get creative in ways to make money to put food on the table, I think we're all going to figure out a lot more entrepreneurial opportunities to be able to do that.
0: And all I can say to that is, wow, that's <laughs> just it's beautiful. I mean, and that is, that is truly the entrepreneurial spirit, but it is also a call to people to not just sit back and say, well, I can't do this. I Find a way, find a way. And I think that's what any of us who have that spirit have to do when that's find a way. John, I want to thank you so much for just a great conversation. I've learned so much just listening to you, your shows. And of course, on this in this discussion, I've learned a lot more and I look forward to a great conversations. Hopefully one day in person soon, we can have a coffee and talk and chit chat and So it's been a real pleasure. So thanks to you, man. And thanks to your son, Johnny, for joining us for a little bit. I really appreciate both of you guys.
1: Johnny
0: Cameo. All right, Johnny Cameo. Well, this has been just awesome. And I hope that you will... Listen to this conversation over and over again, because there was so much interesting uh, information dropped here about technology, about partnerships, about just entrepreneurial spirit and and just all sorts of things. So just an awesome conversation. And I look forward to having John Davidson back on again. And of course, make sure you hear his show. We've got uh, just so much more content here across the platform, and hopefully you will be checking us out on EsportsFuturide.com. Of course, on Twitter, Facebook, every other place. Thanks so much, as always, to Aaron, Sia, and AJ at Innovation Media Enterprises. Don't forget to listen to our other outstanding podcast. I think I mentioned some before, but The Future of Marketing and Esports. That's Rebecca Langawa. She is so sharp. Our latest edition, Esports uh, Easing Podcast, is hosted by our Esports Future Eye Editor-in-Chief, Chantel Boucher. We've got a show we're working on together, which we'll tell you about that a little bit later. And, of course, make sure you catch John Davidson and the DLC Mic Drop Podcast. We've got much more original programming coming your way soon across the entire network, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Also, I can't wait to tell you more about our eSports gaming locations that are in development. That is super exciting. I heard about some things today, which I can't reveal, but more coming pretty soon. But uh, we just are really excited about all the things happening here. What an awesome conversation. I want to thank you for being with me today. And as I always say, I hope you were inspired. I was. So... Let's talk again soon on another edition of All In with Esports. I'll see you. Hey, thanks so much for listening to All In With Esports. Now, don't forget to subscribe to your favorite podcast channel, and we would love to hear from you about this or any other shows on the Esports Future Eye Network.